Hey y'all, I am so excited to share this guest with you today. Holly, how are you doing? I am doing so good. I'm so excited to be here with you, Jordan. Yes, we're, she's a fellow planner, you guys, so we're just going to geek out together. So I just want to start off by having you shoot us a couple details about you and your business. Sure. So basically my little spiel is I teach online entrepreneurs how to go from confused to confident and from fearful to fearless in front of the camera. And I do this by teaching them the skills that they need to create not just videos, but what I call business cinema. Business cinema is the way that I describe the next level video. So it's video not just for the sake of creating video, but video that actually has a plan, a purpose, a system, and a strategy so that you can actually use the video to move your business forward. <laughs> Love that. Yes. And my background in um, professional video production, I've worked as oh, cool. a videographer and editor and producer in New York City since 2008. So I came into my online business in 2013 having you know, that uh, background. Yeah, that's super fascinating. I love it. So let's dive into the juicy stuff. We're going to get right on into it, you guys. Um, she is going to talk about the six phases of business cinema, which I know I'm excited to talk about because I, you know, I'm like good with the camera. I'd rather not be on it, but I'm actually like, okay, if I have to do it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So go ahead and kind of describe what your probably more of your clients businesses look like before they actually implement these six phases sure so usually when people kind of come to me there there's a lot of trepidation when it comes to video because it's yeah. like you know going out on a road trip with no map and you're like i was gonna go to arizona but like <laughs> i have no idea how to get there so it's a lot of like just driving around and you know like testing things out and oops this was a dead end up oh, one-way street Oh no, bridge is out. So what I do is I basically, you know, provide a map, an MAP, a massive action plan for people to really succeed on their video journey. Yeah, I love that. But I'm sure there's a lot of fear around, you know, how they look, how they sound. Exactly. I know I feel like my voice is super gross and here I am with a podcast. So I don't know how that happens. <laughs> you, you do not have a super gross voice and everybody <laughs> thinks that it's so funny. Every, and you know, honestly, like I've run a bunch of different video challenges over the years. And that's one of the main things that people have an issue with is either their accent, the tone mm. of their voice, the sound of their voice, the, they think they sound boring or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And funny enough, it's the, whatever the thing is that they don't like is the thing that everybody else likes about them. It's the thing that, that everybody else finds endearing and unique. You know, we are our own worst critics and we see and yeah. hear things that do not matter to anybody else but us. And yeah. the process of getting started with video is, you know, really just kind of figuring out how to overcome these fears, shift your mindset and build that confidence, which comes from action, action, taking action, and, you know, going through the process is what's going to breed those results. Yeah, I love that. So then what usually drives your clients to put an actual process in place to start doing video for their business? Is it, you know, they've been doing video before and they haven't seen any results or is it they want to try video? Kind of what is it that drives them to be like, okay, I do need an actual process to do this freaking thing. 
I think a frustration, (laughs) you know, and I actually work with a couple of different levels of clients. I have like my rising stars, my leading ladies and my celebrity A-listers, and they're all in different places. You know, the rising stars are people who have made zero to 50 videos and, you know, are just starting to kind of comes to the tech side and the back end and the behind the camera stuff and all of those things that go into the process. And then, you know, with the, with the leading ladies and men, leading ladies and men, they um, have made a bunch of videos, but now it's like, it's like, you know, they they slap it together every time and there really is no process or system. And maybe it's not as well thought out and planned and strategized as they originally wanted. So they're not seeing Mm. the results. And then the celebrity A-listers are people who, you know, have more money than they have time and they're looking for somebody to really kind of pull it all together for them. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, all right, let's hop into the six phases, kind of walk us through the steps that you take yourself as well as your clients to really get a handle on business cinema. Sure. So they are the six phases of business cinema and I've packaged them all together in this really unique and I call it a planner, but it's really so much more than a planner because it is, you know, the system, it's the teach, the teaching, every, all of the components that you need to really succeed on your video journey. And the six phases consist of the primary principles, pre-production, production, post-production, polish, and promotion. And I'll I'll break each of those down just a little bit, but I wanted to kind of give you like an overview and a heads up. Love that. Appreciate it. I'm all about the systems and planning. (laughs) I've never been any other way. I think it's, you know, an innate quality that I've had. I've always, with every single job that I've ever had, every boss is always like in love with me because I like redo their entire business. I'm like, no, (laughs) this is not going to work for me. I can't work like this. We need systems. We need, we need this. This is not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Same here. So with the first step, which is the, or the first phase, excuse me, is the primary principles. And these are like the foundational things. I say, Mm -hmm. if you haven't done the things in this particular phase and literally just put your camera down, walk away. (laughs) It's, this is how important they are. Like you should just stop making videos right now. And the first one is the four pillars of pre-production, which are why, who, what, and how. Mm. And basically this is where you want to start because if you don't understand why you want to make video, why it's important in your business, you know, then you really don't understand anything. So that's like step one. Why do you want to make video? and Why is it important for you and your business? You need to know the answer to that. Then secondary to that, and these go in an order for a particular reason is who, who are you making this content for? So now that you understand why you're making it, who's actually going to be watching it? Who's interested? Who cares? And don't say everybody, because if you say everybody, you really mean nobody and maybe just your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom watched your video. High five. (laughs) (laughs) Then what? So now that you know why you're making the videos, who you're making the videos for, you should have an understanding of what that particular audience's pain points are, problems are, and how you can help solve those problems with the content that you're creating. So that's going to be your what. Then last but not least, if you know the first three, but you don't know actually how you're going to make it all happen. Like, do you have the equipment? Do you have the skills? Do you have the time? Like, how's it going to happen? So you really need to think about those components as well. What equipment do you have? Can borrow, can rent, 
What, um, you know, what do you have access to? Do you have a budget? If you have a budget, you know, figure out, you know, how you want to spend that budget. Do you want to hire somebody to come in and help somebody like me who can kind of consult with you so that you're, you're not wasting a lot of time making silly mistakes and newbie mistakes or, you know, investing in yourself in, you know, like, a, you know, my, the business cinema Academy, which is a course that I have, or, you know, my membership group where you kind of are being supported by a community and you understand like what it takes and you know you're getting that kind of support and then your time budget how much time do you have to spend on this if you're like i have 10 kids and an hour a week to work on my videos well it's gonna take you a little bit longer yes than somebody else so you really have to kind of think about all those different components and that's part of the primary principles step one Mm -hmm. the second part of that is your annual vision that i I call the annual vision and basically this is how you're going to reverse engineer your content which is extremely important when you're spending time because video can be time consuming when you're spending all of this time creating this content it can be time consuming but it's the roi is like no other no other thing that you do in business it really is so powerful in helping you establish that connection with your audience and build your no like trust factors and to sell when you're not there your videos are doing the selling for you your videos are doing the relationship building for you So again, one of the most powerful tools you can use in your business. So reverse engineering your content so that it makes sense for what you're actually focused on. And I usually break this down into quarters and then, you know, months and, you know, really kind of figure out for an entire year, like what's my focus in January? What's my focus in February? What am I, what am I promoting? What am I talking about? What's important to me? Like if I know I'm like taking a family vacation in August to go to Costa Rica for a month, like obviously I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, create content that, you know, promotes something that I need to be live and in person for thinking about, you know, everything kind of as a whole and then reverse engineering the content you're creating. So let's say, you know, in January is all about like planning and promoting and resolutions. And, you know, if there's special things that are happening in your industry any particular month and you want to create content around that specifically, if there's like an industry event that you know you're going to be going to, you know, maybe one of the videos that you create that month is going to be related to that specific event. So either live at the event or your review of the event afterwards or following up the lead to the event, like how you packed your bag or what, you know, what you're anticipating the event's going to be like and who you're hoping to meet and who do you want to see, like all different kinds of stuff like that. But this is stuff you have to think about beforehand and you have to figure out how it kind of um, reverse engineers into the things that you actually have for sale because at the end of the day, we're all running a business and it's all about that, the sales. So setting people up to purchase the products by answering the questions that they don't even know that they need to ask yet with your video content. Love that. So that's all part of step one, (laughs) phase one, the primary principles, then um, phase two, which is pre-production. And in my opinion, one of the most important steps followed by the primary principles because you spend a majority of your time here. Uh, Mm. I always joke and say, you know, I never, ever, 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 Walked onto a professional video set where they're like, yeah, we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> right. Everybody places okay. action and right. no script, no wardrobe, no set. Like what's going on here? Like yeah. that does not happen. So don't think that if you want to emulate the pros or create pro videos that you're just going to be like, I'm just going to see what happens. Um, and I'm just going to talk and something fabulous is going to come out. Like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, nobody wants to watch your 20 minute long rambling video about nothing. Literally though, please. So yeah. <laughs> so this is where pre-production is, is the reason why it's one of the most important steps. You really need to kind of prepare and plan what you're doing. And I've broken this down into a couple of different areas. So you do your brain download, which is where you're coming up with that content that you're using your annual vision. So you're first engineered and you did the uh, four pillars of pre-production. So you know who and what your content is kind of going to be about. So obviously this is like frequently asked questions or questions that people should be asking you about the stuff that you're creating and selling and, you know, your specific area of expertise and, you know, come up with that big whole list. Like, you can, you know, there's tons of places where you can just gather that information, whether it is a similar YouTube channel or, you know, Google uh, searches or predictive search or Facebook groups. Like there's no excuses for not having Seriously. a ton of content available at all times. Mm -hmm. The resources are there. You just need to tap into them and, or just ask your audience, Hey guys, what do you want to know? And, or just listen and pay attention. I mean, the this, this stuff is there. So you just want to make sure that you're keeping track of all those ideas in one location. Unlike what I did when I started, when I was like, oh, cocktail napkin, here's an idea. Oh, oh, um, oh there's an idea over here. Oh, they're going to put this one in my phone. Oh, I'm going to write this one in a Google Doc. Oh, I'm going to put this one in my Evernote. And I'm like, where are all my ideas? Yep. They're everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, having that one location where you're keeping track of all those ideas, then totally. your script and storyboard. So, it's scripting means different things to different people. And yeah. this is where, you know, you, you need to take your own action in order to find out what's going to work for you, because what's going to work for me may not necessarily be the same thing that's going to work for you. And so I don't, I don't necessarily advocate like, this is the only way to do it. You got to write full scripts or, you know, like yeah. you have to figure out what's going to work for you. I can't tell you what's going to work for you. You need to do that and figure it out. A couple of different things that you can do are write bullet yeah. points, Okay. The, the idea and concept here is just to have an overall idea about what you want to say. If you okay. feel like writing a full script is going to prepare you and then you don't use that script, that's totally fine. Or you want to write a full script and then use a teleprompter, that's fine. If you want to write bullet points and just kind of riff, that's fine. If you just want to write down the idea and then you know you can talk about it in a very succinct way. Okay. The storyboarding, if I, I kind of storyboard in my head now, like I don't really need to like do a whole storyboard, but um, if it's a more complex video with a lot of like additional B-roll or maybe you're doing some cutaways and things like that, or there's a lot of graphics and it's just a little bit more complex and maybe you want to kind of like flesh that out with the storyboard. For my scripts, I use a formula that I came up with called Thriller Filler Spiller. <laughs> I love that. And basically this is, I actually, I liberated this idea from a woman named Liz Donaghy. She is known as the garden goddess by the sea. And she created a video during one of my video challenges where she talked about how to create the perfect potted plant. And the perfect potted plant has a thriller, a filler, and a spiller in it. And years later, I was like, thriller, thriller, spiller. I could never get that out of my head. It was like one of the videos that stuck out in all the challenges. And I tell you, I have over 700 people go through these challenges. And, you know, I can't even tell you how many videos I watched. Ridiculous. Right. Thousands. And that video always stuck with me for some reason. So it is the formula that I use for my scripts. Thriller being like immediately want to thrill, thrill your viewer, your audience. You immediately want to capture their attention. Then the filler is the value that you're adding to the conversation. So hashtag F the fluff, 
keep it super, you know, awesome. super valuable and tight. And then the spiller is now that you've built up some reciprocity, where do you want them to spill over? What's your call to action? So thriller, filler, spiller. That's amazing. So then with storyboards, when I think of what a storyboard is, I picture like on a whiteboard with like boxes of like all the things. And I feel like for a lot of my, vi- oh, see, yep, there they are. Yep. Yep. That's a storyboard. <laughs> Showcasing her planner. <laughs> and so I feel like for most of my videos, I'm just sitting in front of my camera and there's not really a change of scenery. So a storyboard yeah. seems silly because I'm doing the same thing, but is that still relevant? Like it's relevant if okay. you know, like, okay, I know I'm going to put some graphics in and I want them to kind of come into the side. So you're, okay. thinking, pre, you're pre-thinking that so that when you get okay. to post-production, you're not like in the center of the frame, you try to bring a graphic in. It's like in your, on your forehead, <laughs> you know? So just, it's just the process where you visually think about it's like the visual script okay and I don't use like I said I do it in my head for most of my stuff and for most of my YouTube videos and things like that like I've been doing it so long like I have like my own system and formula so I know like what needs to be done it's just for you know it I included it as part of the process in case you need it gotcha it's better to have it than not have it but you don't need to use it if you don't need it cool Awesome. The second or the third part of the pre-production is the video optimization. And this is specifically if you're going to be uploading your videos to YouTube, you really want to start, you know, researching and documenting the elements of your metadata, which are your title, your tags, keywords that you're going to be using because YouTube is the second largest search engine. So you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of that opportunity that you have that you don't get on other platforms. It's social and it's searchable. So you really want to make sure that you're optimizing your video. This is going to be the best way for new people to find you. And one of the best ways for you to get that ROI really, really quickly, because new people are finding you, they're falling in love with you, fingers crossed. And they're like, Oh my God, I love this girl. I can't wait to like give her my money and work with her and learn more. She really knows what she's talking about, or he really knows what he's talking about. You know, so you really want to spend some time doing the research that you need to do to optimize the metadata and also thinking about like, do I have another video that's related to this video that I can connect to the two using cards? YouTube has a lot of really cool tools, cards, end screens, Mm -hmm. um, and gives you the ability to kind of what I call spiderweb your content together, which allows you to create this binge worthy experience. Basically you're creating your own Netflix on your YouTube channel where people don't want to leave because they're like, Oh yeah. And then I want to learn about this. And then I want to learn about this. And then I want to learn about this. And all the videos are connected. I love that. Something I definitely have not thought of. So So this is is why all these, like the primary principles and the pre-production, this is why these things are important so that you're Mm. creating business cinema and not just videos. (laughs) (laughs) and then i i've included in the planner the calendar and video tracker this is just so you can kind of figure out like at a glance and see what dates are going to where you're going to be releasing content and then in what order you want to release the content so maybe you know in the tracker you might want to move one video up or or down depending on what's happening sometimes there's something that comes up that's super topical and you really want to take advantage of that that hot search right now So you really always want to keep your eye also on, you know, what's happening in your industry. What are the, what are the hot topics? What is, you know, is there a new tool that just came out? 
If so, maybe you want to be the first one to review that tool for your audience so that your YouTube video is going to be highly searched, you know? So, so there may be a time where you kind of move some content around Mm -hmm. and when you have a plan and you have a vision and you have things kind of laid out, it's super easy to do that. Yes. (laughs) And not feel like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So that's pre-production. The next phase is production. And this is, this is where you will be recording all of the videos that you plan during the pre-production phase. So you have like, I like to batch and I know George loves to batch as well. We're all about the batching, batchy batch. Um, And I batch all of these different things. So usually after the primary principles are done, I don't, I revisit that probably every six months and make sure that I'm still on track, make sure that I still feel the same way. But steps two through six, those are you know, happening all the time and I batch them together. So I batch my pre-production. So I'll write a bunch of scripts Mm -hmm. and research a bunch of stuff and, you know, plan all that out and get it in the calendar. Then I'll go to the production side and I'll record all of those videos. So sometimes I record between three to 10 videos, depending or more, you know, depending on, you know, how much time I have or how many scripts I've written or, you know, what I'm feeling like that day. So that helps me create months worth of content. Cause if you're only releasing a video a week and you create 12 videos in one sitting, that's three months worth of content. Hello. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you have, I guess, a suggestion for timing. So like, I understand there's probably a range um, and the answer might be, it depends, but I'm still going to ask it. So like the timing of, okay, you know, people only consume between three and seven minutes of videos to so make sure it's within there, et cetera. Sure. There's definitely some um, best practices. I would say this, the word, the piece of advice I share with everybody is don't make your video any longer than it needs to be. And if you find that it's getting a little on the lengthy side, you might want to break that up and create a series of videos. And this is also mm. a good opportunity for you to add to that binge worthy experience, because if it's a three part series, you know, I'm going to want to watch all three parts. Right. Right. So, you know, thinking, thinking, thing about that. The second best practice is depending on everybody and granted, please take this with a grain of salt because everybody has a different audience. Everybody has, you know, it's going to be a different experience for everybody, but generally speaking, best practices are if your YouTube channel is new, right. And I find your video and I'm like, Oh, hi, Jordan. I never met her before, but her video is 20 minutes long. Do I have 20 minutes to devote to somebody? I have no idea who they are. No, I do not. Oh, but here's, here's uh, another Jordan and her video is only three minutes long. I think I'm going to, I'm going to invest three minutes into this particular uh, subject matter and see what I get. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't have that established audience, you really want to try to keep your videos on the shorter side, but there's, you know, it's six, one half dozen, because obviously watch time is really a factor on, on your yeah. YouTube channel and it matters. So again, I fall back to don't make your video any longer than it needs to be, gotcha. you know, and keep in mind that, you know, when you're getting started, maybe shorter is the best way to go while you're building your audience because yeah. you haven't built up that base of people, loyal viewers who come back over and over again. They don't care if your video is 10 minutes long or eight minutes long. They know that they're going to get the value because you've already proven it. Gotcha. That totally totally makes sense. Yeah. So production is why the first two steps are super important because if you don't you know, understand the primary principles and you don't have your scripts and everything prepared, like you're going to get to production. You're like, what am I filming? I don't know. I'm going to wing it. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> if you take anything away, do not wing your videos. Not on my watch. <laughs> so, you know, in, in the planner and the way that I kind of, you know, run my productions is I have a checklist. And this is because I've made all of these mistakes. Listen, I'm a professional, but I will not lie to you and tell you that this not has not happened to me because it still happens to me. And I'm embarrassed to even say that, but it does. So some of the things that, you know, I included in this checklist are make sure you, your batteries are charged because you don't, you don't want to be recording 10 videos in one day. And you're, you're like in the middle of the best take ever. Your battery's like, bink, done. Also have backup batteries, which is important. You know, check your tripod, make sure it's level. Do a sound check because you don't want to get to the end of the day and bring your footage over to your computer and there's like a for the entire recording and you're like, what? <laughs> Nothing is more defeating or frustrating than these silly, silly, avoidable newbie mistakes. Yeah. Check to make sure you're in focus because honestly, like uh, audio problems are pretty hard to fix if your video is out of focus it's not getting fixed. It's impossible right. to fix. You know, look in the mirror, check your hair, because I've recorded a whole bunch of videos where I have like a piece of hair sticking out the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not using that. I look like a crazy person. <laughs> Lipstick on my teeth. Yeah, that's not happening yeah. either. You know, it's just like silly stuff, you know, make sure that, you know, your, your clothes are where they should be. You know, do a little, I always do like a test take and I do a sound check and I look at Mm. in all four corners is everything that's in frame supposed to be there. Mm. Like, can you see these pile of boxes that aren't supposed to be (laughs) in the shop? Like, is my dog's toy somewhere on set like that you can see, you know, whatever it would be. You know, just, you just want to avoid making those silly mistakes. I also included a section to keep track of relevant video numbers, so file numbers, Mm -hmm. and any specific notes for each take. So let's say I did a take and there was like a funny blooper, like, and I just wanna make sure that I I write that file number down and note that so that I can pull that out. And this is also so that I'm not ingesting footage onto my external hard drives. Another pro tip here for you. Use external hard drives to store your video files. Do not, do not put them on your computer. Well, yeah. (laughs) just use external hard drives i promise you you'll thank me later and you know have some sort of system that you use to organize the footage so that you can find it when you need it (laughs) what about cloud-based stuff like dropbox like is that sure dropbox the key is not to just have it on your computer okay i just you know coming from a professional background i'm just used to using external hard drives yeah of like i don't know eight terabytes of drives on my (laughs) desk at any given time it's kind of insane Yeah. It's kind of insane. So, you know, use so that you're not filling up those hard drives with all sorts of videos files that you're never going to use. Only keep the good takes only and that you'll know what, what what the good takes are after you're done filming for the day because you've written them all down. Right. And it's easy to just kind of pull like, all right, I need file number 3725. I need file number, you know, whatever. And then Mm. I also included like a little checkbox to, you know, make sure you're taking a picture for your still. Because, um, not still, make sure you're taking a picture for your thumbnail. Right. Yeah. Make sure you have a still image for your thumbnail. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I was there with you. (laughs) Because yeah, I've forgotten to do that. And then you have to scroll through the video and try to find a part where your mouth is not hanging open or you don't look insane with like one eye closed or something. (laughs) And, or you definitely, 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 definitely don't want to rely on YouTube, YouTube's thumbnail roulette, as I like to call it, where oh they gosh. give you those three images and you're like, hmm, let's pick the best of the worst. 
um, and it's part of really creating that appeal for people who are finding your videos through search. You really want to make sure that your thumbnail is very appealing. And there's definitely some best practices to that, but I, I won't really yeah. dig into that right now because it's kind of off track. But totally. for sure, you want to make sure you take that picture during production when you're in the same outfit, you have the same makeup on or not makeup on, whatever the case right. may be for you and you are in the same setting with the same lighting because trying to like recreate something to take a thumbnail it's not it's not great not, yeah. not a good idea just you know make sure it happens while on the day of the recording yeah totally and then i also have a section for lessons learned because every time i record something there's an opportunity to learn what went right and what went wrong so what do i want to do more of and what do i want to do less of next time <laughs> Like less of forgetting to put my battery on the charger. Yeah. Less of that, please. Less of that. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. And yeah. Thank you. The next phase is post-production. And this is um, the part where you, you're going to edit your video. So usually I'll spend like a day recording videos. And then if I'm feeling up for it, I will start the editing process on some of the videos. If not, like I wait a few days or whatever. And I don't have to worry about like, oh, I forgot what the video files and all this stuff is because I already have it all written now, man. Got you covered. So good. Because we're doing business cinema. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I can wait a few days and I'm not going to forget what files go where or what was the good take or any of that because I have notes and I have it written down. So post-production, I have a checklist that goes goes into that and it's broken down into three different sections and the sections are organization editing and upload prep mm. so with the organization part of it it's like the file system and you know how you organize your videos inside of your external hard drive or your cloud-based location where you're storing your video files for me i have a very specific system i have a folder for raw videos i have a folder for thumbnails i have a folder for the final video i have a folder for my social clips or promotional images and just so I can kind of keep track of everything and it's been, and I use a date system so that I know and I, it's usually the date that I release the video where the video goes live okay. I'll start with the year and I'll do 2018 underscore 0313 dash the name of the video nice so then it helps me kind of keep everything nice and organized did I mention I'm organized <laughs> That's why you're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I love being super organized. Then editing, you know, like trims, graphics, intros, QCing the video, which it stands for quality checking the video because mm. ah, another newbie mistake and or, you know, professional mistake. I'm on, I don't know what number video I have like almost 170 videos on my YouTube channel. And that's not even close to the actual number of videos that I've created over the course right. of the last five years. But I still make this mistake sometimes where I edit the video and then I export it without QCing it. And I'm like, oh, uh, I have to go back and re-edit that because I left something in that shouldn't have been in. Or like there's a like big black spot because I, I put a, dragged a file all the way to the end of the timeline. You know, just silly yeah, things man. like that. So make sure you QC your video before you export it. Don't waste yeah. your time. Yeah. Basically, the things that I teach are how to make things easier, less time consuming, less, you know, less landmines, less mistakes for you because I already did that, done that, been there. And I don't want you to have to make the same mistakes that I've made. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I've created this process and the system, the planner, all the things because I've already done it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the upload prep. So this is when you would create the custom thumbnail and get your transcription. I use a service called uh, rev.com, which I absolutely love. Yes. Love, love, love. 
Um, it's a dollar a minute and you can get an SRT file and a transcription. Oh. Um, so I usually do both because I'll tell you why in a minute. Hmm. And then I put that, that SRT file into the folder that I created for that video so that it's ready for when I do the next step or the next phase, which is polish. Polish is all the steps necessary to get your video ready for public release on YouTube. So most of what I'm talking about here, by the way, this is, you know, geared toward creating content for YouTube. If you're creating course videos or other types of videos, it's, a, you know, it's a little bit of a different process, but still the fundamentals are still kind of the same. Like you really need to know why you're making the video. You need to know who's watching it. Like that kind of stuff is kind of the same. It's just the, uh, the other phases are a little bit different. You still need to record your video. You still need to do pre-production. You still need to do post-production. But this specific process is geared more toward creating content for YouTube. Hmm. So in the polish area, this is where you're, you know, you're taking that research from the pre-production and you're plugging it into your video on YouTube so that you're optimizing that metadata. So this is where you're going to use your custom thumbnail. This is where you're going to use the SRT file to create closed captions, yep. which also help search engines discover what the video is about, right? Because they can't watch the video, but they can read the video. Yep. And it's also helpful for people who speak or who are hearing impaired or who are watching your video on mute to be able to see what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's important. Also, this is where you're going to end put in your end screen and your relevant cards. And you already did that work, that groundwork in pre-production. So this should just be a simple process of inputting that data and getting it squared away. So that's the polish part, the polish phase. And that's followed by promotion because without the promotion all of the other stuff is really irrelevant yeah right so because it, it can be tempting that now you've done all this work you're like sweating you're like yeah i did it i did it girl i did all the stuff yeah i'm just gonna put my feet up no no this is the most important part now you need to tell people that the video exists hello and you need to figure out different ways that you can actually repurpose this content and use it in different and different ways. So it could be tempting to be like, no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm good. I put it up. That's it. End of the story. I'm just going to come and watch it. Like, no, mm, no. You, yeah, maybe, but no, <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's definitely things that I do to assist in the promotion of the video, specifically within the first 24 to 48 hours on YouTube is extremely important for you to get the views, the engagement, for you know you to really get that word out that your video is there and has relevant information for the people who are looking and searching for the specifics you know content that you you've created right mm -hmm. so i create short promo clips that i share on twitter facebook and instagram yeah. and they direct people back to youtube i have kind of for me personally i don't really blog as much as i used to so I don't direct people back to my blog. I direct everybody to my YouTube channel because in 2018, my main focus is growing my YouTube channel and really kind of putting a lot of attention and effort there. And then, you know, getting people over to my website from there or, you know, getting people who are, have already been on my website over to my YouTube channel because that's where I host all of my free content as opposed to, you know, blogging and doing, going down that whole, that whole route and optimizing the SEO on my website and all this stuff. So I've skipped over that part. Doesn't mean that you have to, please do what works best for you. So I sometimes also create like an audio wave video. 
Yeah. Which is basically just the audio over a graphic and an animated graphic that has like a wave form that indicates that something like that it's a video and something is actually happening and people are talking. So you need to put yeah. the sound on. I email my newsletter and then I have people who have opted in to get notified via Facebook Messenger using a tool called the Manny Chat, which I love. And then I also create promo graphics for Pinterest and Insta stories. And I just started delving into creating LinkedIn posts with embedded YouTube videos that uh, direct people back to, again, my YouTube channel from LinkedIn. Wow. Um, That's if I have time because I am a one man show over here, by the way, I do all these things myself. Good. I know. Right. Wipe your brow. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That is amazing and i don't know about y'all who are listening but i'm gonna go get myself a planner because that sounds all amazing to me and the work is already done and as much as i love to create processes i don't like to create processes around things that somebody else has a better process for so um, right? <laughs> it's like oh he's already done all the work why do i have to do it so i love all that and it's also very congruent with me as a bachelor so i mean that's amazing quick question about equipment. I have DSLRs and sometimes I also use my iPhone because I have the new iPhone X and it's really cute. But just for the people out there listening, you know, give some like maybe two or three budget options. Um, So like the zero budget, figure it out, maybe middle. And then if you're wanting to be techie techie all the way, what, what those kind of look like. Sure. Sure. So first and foremost, my first piece of advice for anybody who's just getting started is to use what you have and i guarantee you have a a computer you have a camera within three feet of you right now yeah so either it's your camera on your computer your camera on your laptop your mobile device whatever the case may be my one recommendation for that option would be to make sure you upgrade your audio so if you're using your laptop or your computer investing in something like a yeti mic whether you're using the snowball like Jordan's using or using the Yeti, the blue Yeti, like I'm using, you know, investing in creating quality audio because people are a lot less forgiving of bad audio than they are of a bad visual. So if you can't afford to invest in lighting just yet, and you're still kind of relying on natural light and other, other sources for light that aren't as good as they could be, then you really want to make sure that it sounds really good. So upgrade your audio. And if you're using your mobile device, I usually recommend the Rode Smart Log, which is a uh, lavalier mic that you can plug in and it just kind of enhances the audio quality. Just a t- you know, just a, a little bit, right? It's not crazy and it's not super expensive. So that would be kind of like the budget option. Use what you have and just kind of do a couple little investments either with like a $100 mic for your computer or, you know, the Yeti mic. Uh, excuse me, the um, Rode Smart Lab, which I think is less than $100. Yeah, it's like 60 or 70 bucks, yeah. Yeah, and then middle of the road option, I really prefer, you know, I like DSLRs just simply because you have so many different options and I personally prefer to be in control of all the options. Specifically, Mm -hmm. if I know like I'm not in a run and gun situation, which means that I'm not, you know, going from different color temperature lighting or, you know, like just out on the run doing like, you know. right outside stuff than inside stuff. But if I'm on a set and I know I'm not going to be moving around, I can set the focus manually. I can, you know, set the color temperature manually. I can, you know, do all, use all of the manual options that the DSLR has to offer and, you know, use interchangeable lenses that the DSLR also has to offer so that I can create, you know, uh, have a faster lens and do something with like a shallow depth of field, which is basically where 
people get, you know, they are always like, how do you get that blurry background? Well, that's a shallow depth of field. And it's done usually through a DSL, by using a DSLR camera. And I, you know, high end would just be like a more expensive DSLR camera <laughs> with more, like better lenses, faster lenses, you know, better quality. I always invest, like if you buy a DSLR camera, it's the camera bodies are interchangeable. The lenses, I mean, uh, the lenses are interchangeable mm. to different camera bodies. So you can like really spend a lot of money on the lens and then, you know, you can use it on a different camera body. Mm-hmm. They're always coming out with new stuff, technology, and things like that for the camera. The lenses are always the same. The lenses have always been the same. Interesting. So, no if you're going to make an investment, invest in the lens. Mm. Gotcha. A good lens. Yes, good, good stuff. Love that. Yeah, and I agree with you on audio because if somebody's as just like a video watcher viewer, I notice like the audio, and if I'm like bothered by the audio, then like I stop watching. Yeah. Like, it just it's a is what it is. So good. Very helpful. Very awesome. Uh, I'm going to rapid fire some of my favorite questions. What was your best financial investment in business? Best investment hands down has been Kajabi. Kajabi is the platform that I use now for everything. Um, I am a founding member of Kajabi. So I bought back in 2015 when there was like, I think Kajabi first iteration or first version. And then yep. they did the new Kajabi, the new which Kajabi, is, yeah. they did like a huge relaunch in November of 2015. And that's when I became a founding member of the Kajabi platform. I was enthralled by their launch videos. I literally was watching it like it was like a show. And I was like, I can't wait to see the next one. Like, I mean, they did such an amazing job and they, they literally sucked me in. And I was like, yes, this is all I need. F everything else. I'm tired of cobbling things together like some hobo over here. And it was just like all in one, everything I needed. So I was like, yes, I am so excited. One of the best investments I've ever made in my business to date. Nice. Yeah. I've heard really great things about Kajabi. It's been a while since I've been in it. It probably has been a couple of years since a a client of mine has had it, but I've heard amazing, amazing things about it. I actually just met somebody from Kajabi at social media working world, oddly enough, but uh, and I got to tell you, the people behind the brand are just as amazing as the actual product itself. Which means um, a lot. the owners of the company are just, they're so invested in seeing you succeed. And it's not like they put something together and they're like, poof, we're gone. We've got your money. Woo! They are constantly, constantly, you know, reevaluating what's going on and they are constantly improving things. They listen to the feedback from the community. They are 1000% investment invested in the product and making it the best product out there. So that's That's super important for me because I've bought platforms in the past where it's just like an absentee and you're like, hello, 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 where is everybody? Like the people who are behind Kajabi are amazing. They're, they're, they're front and center. Um, the community of people who use Kajabi are amazing and, you know, they just attract a really great group of people. Yeah. I love that. Super, super great. So then what is your worst financial investment in business? (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I thought about this cause you know, (laughs) (laughs) is there a PC version I'm about to get? (laughs) So I'll get, yeah. So early on in my business, I hired a website designer developer. Mm-hmm. was supposed to be helping me design and develop a new website. 
And it yep. was a big investment for me at the time because I was super early in my business. And, but I really, I was like, you know, if I really want people to take me seriously, I really need, yeah. you know, the look and feel for, you know, people to be able to see like, I'm legit. I know what I'm talking about. I didn't just like slap oh. some crap together, you know? And so I was like, this is going to be a great investment. And it ended up being a nightmare. I, the person like went away on vacation and I'm like, hello, what, um, what about that deadline we had, you know, like, are you going to do stuff? And it's like, well, I'm away on vacation right now. So like maybe when I get back and I'm like, tick, tick, tick. I'm like, I'm running a business here. I cannot wait for you to get back from vacation. So I just started doing all the work. And I was like, this, it was nothing that was promised to me. I ended up doing mm. all the stuff and I was super pissed. Mm. And then at the end of it, they still wanted to get paid. And I was like, mm. Nice try. And, and, and I ended up paying them some of the money because I, I don't know why, because I was an idiot. And, <laughs> and I was like, but you really didn't do anything. I know. I, and I was I, like, but I'm so sad right now because you didn't do anything. Right. I'm like, name one thing that you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Nothing. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great. I have, I have totally been in that same boat with a website designer developer person and it was terrible and I get like I literally was she wasn't even like known and Mm -hmm. then she like got known during my project Mm -hmm. and my project became the low totem pole basically Mm -hmm. bigger projects and so then my website literally was disgusting i could have created a better website which i'm not a website person at all and i was just like this is gross like one you weren't even you're not even using any of the photos i gave you that i've paid a butt ton of money for yep. just for this website and she's like yeah well they were the wrong things blah blah, blah. i'm like you were the one who gave me the map of what you're the wrong thing like, and let's 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 call a spade a spade you're the wrong thing <laughs> exactly i'm not sour still it's totally fine um (laughs) i'm not even doing that business anymore thankfully oh my god i almost did a spit take Uh, yeah so good times but anyway where can people find you online so that they can have all of holly's goodness you can find me everywhere at Holly G Studios. So on YouTube, Holly G Studios. My website is Holly G Studios. Facebook, Holly G Studios. Twitter, guess what? It's Holly G Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say Instagram? Holly G Studios. It's Holly G Studios. Nice. Very easy. Where can people I, buy I the planner? Also. Wait, what? Where can people buy the planner? Oh, buy the planner. You can go on over to hollygstudios.com and check out the studio service, the services page. Nice. And it is right there. It's called the Business Cinema Production Planner. Nice. Easy enough. So everyone go and get that for yourselves because if y'all didn't tell, Holly knows her ish. Okay. So <laughs> thank you so much, Holly, for being on. I'm so excited for everybody to just really dive deep into this because it's 2018 video is the future if you're not doing video you're doing it all wrong in my personal opinion hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks for coming on holly thank you so much for having me